welcome to Elementary Springfield. Elementary Springfield. That's With right. With me, Lauren Buck. And me, Claire Sullivan. That's right. We are watching seasons three to eight of The Simpsons. The golden years, by all accounts. Yeah, the years that are painted in gold. (laughs) Claire has not seen it. Nope, grew up in Tassie, didn't have it, didn't watch it. Uh, Missed out on my burgeoning pop culture career. Who would have thought that we actually now, you can legitimately have a career in pop culture? I know. You can. You can actually have a career in pop culture. The wonder of the modern age <laughs> is upon us. We are living in the future. We are. Who would know? Who would have thunk it that we could make a quality audio recording over the internet? Exactly. But, and yet the internet is still not good enough. Not quite good. No, everyone's no. a bit jumpy. I, d- I mean, I will say that, like, you know, our recording software sometimes does it does it's not amazing so but i have a feeling that people that are listening to us are not necessarily listening to us for our fantastic audio quality no and more our fantastic opinion quality exactly our fun chat and banter yeah just <laughs> just here for the bants bants the sweet bants fucking yeah cool <laughs> so you've been good then you've been good <laughs> Uh, that's Shit. more of our sweet hot ch- banter. That's a sweet fucking banter. Yeah, um, I've, been all, I've been all right. I mean, I went for a walk. I guess it was okay. I don't know. I, I experienced neither highs nor lows. You're the MTV generation. This episode, this week's episode, was Homer's triple bypass. Homer's got a bit of a problem. He there does. is less ticker in his ticker than usual he he continues to eat so much bacon yeah bacon does get a bad rap like that doesn't it it's a very fatty sodium-y kind of uh delicious thing i mean you wouldn't know you're a vegetarian so that poor pig all those poor little piggies so you've never had bacon i know i have by accident yeah Uh, yes well we grew up and mum was not really into having pig products in the house Mm. the idea of a dead pig is quite it's pretty gross yeah Yeah. i'll give it that yeah yeah i mean i don't think i have any other pork products apart from bacon i've heard this for vegetarians that like you actually just know when something has meat in it even if it doesn't seem to look like it yeah because it tastes disgusting (laughs) (laughs) tastes like death (laughs) no Damn, son. Okay, yeah. yeah, that is that's probably <laughs> true. I thought like I wouldn't be able to tell if something had meat in it just from tasting it. But, but if also, you there's don't... a lot of things in the world that have meat products in them that you don't expect. Yeah, like what? Uh, it's not Gatorade, uh, but it's something like like what? Maxim or something, and it was uh, it was chocolate flavored, and it had dead cow in it. Oh, like actual? Yeah, I don't know meaty cow bits. Well. I mean, there was dead cow in it. I think it was probably ground to a dust, but yes. Oh, fuck, really? Yeah. Did they? Was that like hidden or was it like an asset to the No, matching? they made it an asset because it was a manly drink for men, so they're like, contained yeah. meat or whatever. Yeah, exactly, because it's like, you know, chocolate-flavoured milk has got that real kind of, it's like iced coffee. It's the yeah, same thing. Like, exactly. Think, uh, Lisa Sky has a little bit about that. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I'm a man, I love sweet chocolate milk. Like, there is, 
a marketing meeting where they decided that they were going to make chocolate milk some sort of sign of toxic masculinity. <laughs> it's chalky, all right? It's bloody chalky. <laughs> and you know what? We're going to have straw. We're going to have pink milk. Pink. Still manly. Still manly. Because it's milk. Yeah, Boy, that's milk. right. Boys have chocolate milk. Girls have Diet Coke. This yeah. is what we're going to go with, everybody. <laughs> this is it for the next 50 years. And it's working. I'll give it to them. And It's working. It does work. Uh, so we open on uh, the Simpsons watching a cops show. Yeah. Springfield Cops. Super Complete. brutal. That, what a brutal its, opening. Yeah, with its own, like, weird bad cops song. Bad cops, bad cops. <laughs> Bad cops, bad cops. They keep like they go to the old man and pull out like knuckle dust, like out of his beard. They pull out yeah. knuckle dusters, like a knife. A, um, the knife, uh, the 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 bomb that you have to pull the ring out, like all that. A shit. grenade, a yep. grenade. Yep. They try and capture a cattle rustler. Yep, which is snake. It's snake. Yes. Hot snake. Hot snakes getting involved in the bovine industry. No donuts. <laughs> nope. Uh, and then we've got chill- <laughs> Love, um, Chief Wiggum going, Papa Bear. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's driving a car uh, next to that place that sells chili, you know. <laughs> he's hatless. He's not wearing a hat. He's without <laughs> hat. No, hackless. What? Hackless. No, he was saying he wasn't wearing a hat. No, he wasn't. Driver is hackless. I repeat, hackless, not hatless. What the fuck is is hackless? You know, like without um, impunity. Without a hat. (laughs) Yeah, okay. What I like about the cops, and and again, I really think it speaks to uh, how the Simpsons represents authority kind of uh, systems and institutions. Yeah. And I feel like it's almost like a little mini kind of version of, I guess, what we get in this episode, which is and talks about quite a bit, the American health system. Oh, God, which and I, I hear about and it's like, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. It sounds like such a fucking nightmare. And I feel yeah. like once uh, when like Corona happened sort of, you know, in America and then it became this whole, you know, yeah. uh, huge deal and no one can one in 300 people in America have it at the moment yeah. and all this crazy stuff. <gasps> And I was always a bit like, I just don't understand this, the health system. And I was looking into it and, like, they only really started doing that in, like, the 20s with, like, the depression. Oh. And that, like, it became more viable to get people into work, to get people to um, – and as opposed to, like, paying them or, like, sort of being able to kind of have, like, proper paying or wages, they you can get a reduced wage and you get health insurance on top of it. Yeah, Which right. is kind of one of those things that – you know, it's what every family would prioritize anyway. So yeah. being able to have work and have a steady job that maybe didn't pay you as much, but if your family came into trouble, then they then you would have something to lean on. That's why they made it like that, and it wow. never changed. Oh God! So that it's is like disgusting. A hundred year old like policy that never got renewed, that never worked. It just went on its merry way and it doesn't even relate to anything that is a like what modern society needs for you know families it's fucking it's fucked up fucked up right like i'm i get annoyed here in in australia where um our dental care is not in our healthcare system and you know why it's because none of the fucking dentists wanted to join they're like i'm not joining medicare yeah they refused to 
And now they're like, they're rolling in it. And it's like, you evil cunts. What the fuck? Yeah, dental care should be included in our health, in our Medicare, but it's not. Yes, I, I don't know. I mean, I say that in the full range of maybe that's why I don't go to the dentist. That is 100% why you don't go to the dentist because you know it's going to out-of-pocket cost you at least $125 at a minimum, but then if they find something. Yeah, right? It's like the teeth are the cars yeah. of the body. Yeah. Your car fucks up. You don't really know. It's very bad for you because you might need it to get anywhere the same way with teeth you kind of need them all the time right you they're do. a bit of a necessity yeah so like if but you know if you go to a dentist slash you know the mechanic they're gonna be yep. like well you're gonna need to change your transponsters in there and uh you're gonna have to <laughs> i'm gonna have to rewire your back molars yeah uh, let's just do them all at once <laughs> fix your muffler, fix your mouth, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, change all those four tires slash back molars. Like just <laughs> fuck. I uh, got all four of my wisdom teeth out. When oh my I god, was... me too. Same yes. That's um, why we're friends. It is why we're friends. That's why we've got these amazing jaws. I do Our have jaws... a pretty great. It's got... yeah. We do have good jaw lines. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Um, Less but... teeth, more chewed. Exactly. <laughs> But I was awake in the chair. Oh, I got were up. you? Yeah, I chose that because I was uh, heartbroken. But um, oh, that's right. I remember this. Yeah, and it's you were like, like it's you know it's kind of like the feeling you're like no, I need a tattoo to get through this. You were like, yeah, no, I need to be in a bit of pain. I need yeah. a pain as a distraction. Yeah. And it was, like, intense. Like, people are like, oh, as if they would ever let you be awake. And, like, my dentist kept arguing with me to make me go under to get them out. And I was like, nah, I want them pulled out today and I want to do it right now. And the only way you can do that is if I'm awake. So pull them out this afternoon. He was like, I mean, it is cheaper for your mum. So, <laughs> yeah, because I was still on my parents' private health insurance. So, but it, was, yeah. it still would have costed them, but it would have cost them so much more if I'd gone under. And nearly right. everyone else goes under when you get all four of them out. Yeah, because it's it's pretty hectic. Yeah, it's pretty. How was that? Um, it was hectic. I had to listen to like a uh, album that I listened to to relax. Yeah, and so that was all you had just a just a little bit of music in the background while someone was just going to town. Oh my god! And my dentist, he had like big kind of crazy teeth, like. You know those those men with teeth that look like they can cut cans? Yep. Yeah. Like those big, thick, yellow teeth that you could definitely use to chop wood with. Wait, so your dentist had terrible dental hygiene? They just, I mean, they looked very strong, but they <laughs> did look crazy. <laughs> and he almost, like, sweated into my gaping wounds. Oh, what gross. Jesus and I think that's also why they don't want you awake because they don't want you to see that. No, of course not. And no. also, but also I've been told the reason why I get crazy bruises from getting your four of your wisdom teeth out is because they manhandle your face so hard that you get bruised really badly. Yeah. Yes. And and if you're awake, they can't do that as much. Yeah. I mean, I would assume then it probably took him longer. Yeah. And he was probably like- more like worried about like terrifying me <laughs> yeah damn that is fucking you are a unit that is interesting what was the recovery like then oh god well I think <laughs> I I was down in Hobart so I think I stayed 
I was meant to go back to Melbourne like four days later, but mum's like, no, 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 Claire, let's uh, book you another flight in like seven days. So I like, I think I was down in Hobart for 10 days recovering. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's about a week. Like it is a long time. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah, my face was so big and round and, and mm-hmm. I couldn't eat and I was kept crying. And so for three <laughs> days I would like start crying and mum would be like, do you need another codeine? I'm like, yes. Yeah, and I'd take yeah. one and then I'd fall asleep and then I'd wake up and I'd start crying. She'd be like, here's another egg flip. And um, she'd make me <laughs> yeah. egg flips because I couldn't, I couldn't open my mouth to even eat an icy pole. Yes, yep, yeah. yep. I think I remember quite distinctly when I had my wisdom teeth out that my first proper meal was like scrambled eggs and they were the most delicious things I'd ever eaten. Oh, my God. I can't remember what the first thing I ate. It took me a few days. I couldn't fit anything solid in there for like a week. I've had three operations in my life. Like I've, <gasps> gone, I've gone under three times, Oh, my times, God. Right? That's I'm crazy. pretty sure. But they have all been in my mouth. <gasps> Oh, right? Oh, God. So this is a story. When I was 10 years old, so I never had a right back molar, right? Okay. We'll get to the episode eventually. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, yeah. And neither do you. <laughs> uh, I never had an, a molar in my right back of my mouth. It was just smooth sailing across yeah. that little bit. Yeah. And uh, my, also, conversely, I don't remember going to the dentist at all before I was like 10 years old. Really? And in hindsight, um, my mum did tell me but that her dentist was so terrible growing up that she was really scared of dentists and basically didn't take us. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. But it did mean when we finally went to the dentist, the dentist had a little poke around. He's like, okay, that's weird. Let's send you to the orthodontist. And then I went to the orthodontist like the next day and the orthodontist said, okay, I'm going to send you to the oral surgeon. Oh, my God. And then I need to have a mouth x-ray, which is fun you uh, go into the you stand up and you have this little thing that you bite and the x-ray machine moves around you try not to laugh have to stand still it's very funny yeah i got that when i got my wisdom teeth out yeah yep and then they discovered a tumor in my jaw are you fucking serious yeah Mm -hmm. so it was tumor in your jaw how did i I did how have you never told me this? I don't know. I feel like it would have come up, but we've not we've not done medical gore that much. No, we did we did our dads, but this yeah. is my personal story. Yeah. Uh, so, and I was ten, right? Oh I was my God. ten years old, and so the tumor was preventing the uh, molar coming through. So that was the kind of signal, and you could actually feel along my jawline my bone had started to protrude. So I actually had a lump in my bone as the tumor was growing oh but it was growing very slowly so within a week I had to have an operation (gasps) to take it out uh and I was so teeny tiny and I remember the orderlies were amazing they were just the ones that take you to the operation they were so sweet and so lovely like I just felt completely at ease like I wasn't stressed at all about this this entire time I remember not being stressed if anything was a little bit special and kind of fun oh wow um but that was because it was I was shielded from the rest of my family <laughs> completely. Uh, I also like my grandparents came down. Uh, my grandfather had to go on a course of uh, anti-anxiety medication because he was so stressed about it. Oh my god! Uh, which is typical him. Uh, and I had this operation. They took out four teeth. Uh, so while they they took out 
few teeth on either side of my mouth because my mouth was so small and then they scraped out the tumor. Oh my God. So I had stitches all the way along. And you know when you have stitches in your mouth, how <gasps> they feel gigantic? Yes. Gigantic. So yes. I had I always remember the feeling of running my tongue along the side of my mouth and having like little train tracks <sighs> of uh, little stitches along there. But they were dissolvable, so they were going to fall out. Yeah. Uh, so then I had to recover for like a week. My entire year four class took off a period on a Friday afternoon or whatever and all wrote me their own get well soon cards. Oh, that's Which so I kept sweet. for years afterwards. I'm not, my mum might even have a couple still. And Aww. how cute is that? So Yes. yes. And, uh, and yeah, I was holed up on the couch. My uncle came around and they had just gotten a new kitten, so we bought the kitten over. Uh, so my uncle, like I was patting this kitten and my mum walks into the room and she looks at it. She goes, you didn't get her a cat, did you? (laughs) (laughs) No, just got me a kitty cat. Um, and my grandmother, my granny looked after me. She made sure I took all my medication. She made sure I did my salt water mouth washes out. She was like absolutely a one top shelf nursed me, um, and I had this big bulging, bruised up cheek. Uh, and I went into class, like I went and visited class, and that's when I got all my cards as well. Aww. But I wasn't fully healthy. And uh, every like week, then like every three months, then six months, I had to keep going back and getting those ridiculous like X rays to see if it was growing back. Because they didn't know if it was cancerous or not. Oh, my God. But it wasn't. And, like, I think a year or two later they said, you're clear, all good for you. And the oral surgeon at the time said, you'll probably have to have all your wisdom set out. Oh, my God. And I went back. I'm pretty sure he took my wisdoms out as well when I was, like, 25 or something. So they came in and then I was biting my cheeks. Like, they were just so far back. And that was my other operation. Same shit again, different smell. And the other operation I had was when I had a vocal cyst removed. But that was easier. That was like a, a day procedure. Like yeah. I was in and out pretty quickly. And that one was quite funny. I feel like I've gone on a bit. <laughs> but um, <gasps> so anyway, I'll tell you my vocal cyst story. Maybe another time. Maybe that's a time. We'll just put a pin in that. Yeah. That's also got oh. a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I I've never gone under. It's interesting because it's like you actually kind of feel the time passing. It's really? you don't really dream, you don't really sleep. You're just not conscious. Yeah. Yeah. And I re- actually when I did get the cyst out, I got a little nervous because everything else when you're a kid, you don't really think about it and yeah. like whatever. But I yeah. remember being a little bit nervous when I got my wisdoms out and when I got the cyst done. And just before they put you under, they put some stuff in you uh, that makes you feel real chill. <laughs> so like, are you feeling good? I'm like, yeah, I feel right. Like it, it makes you much more receptive to the idea that you're about to be unconscious because it's quite a weird sensation. Yeah. So you wake up and you're like, I feel like I have been away. <laughs> like, But it is also slightly instantaneous. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's bizarre. It's quite bizarre. So in this episode. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Homer, he uh, has 
um, you know, he, he he starts having heart attacks. Yeah, things are starting to ramp up inside his chest, even yeah. though he is eating in bed, which, I mean, who here, who amongst us Yeah, doesn't First, love a good bed picnic? Oh, I fucking love a bed picnic. Yeah. The only annoying thing is scraping the crumbs out of your bed at the end, but whatever. I uh, I did have a little bed picnic the other week and I fell asleep and then Ferris went and got in bed and found a plate. <laughs> He was like, what the hell is that? Oh. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, that's my comfort plate. <laughs> People have uh, those heavy blankets, those comfort heavy blankets. You have a yeah, comfort plate. I do. <laughs> my comfort just needs to be there in between me and my boyfriend. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, my God. So um, Homer, he's eating in um, he's eating in bed like chicken drumsticks and like then he then he has a small heart attack and you think it's, it's just the turkey going down badly and then he's like all right then he goes about his day and his kids are like screaming because um but like he's spitting in lisa's food and then he has another yeah. heart attack and then he uh goes to work and um burns good little burns cameo um oh he was so great in this yes yes that's oh, right. Good. Keep eating. <laughs> Little do you know you're moving towards the poison donut. <laughs> do we poison the donut? Uh, no, sir. The, the lawyers recommended it was too close to murder. Damn the royally hides. <laughs> so good. Brilliant. Uh, so uh, he gets fired from his job. And when he's getting fired... It's this extremely stressful, like, I, okay, I found this episode so stressful because yeah, yeah. I don't like hospitals for many reasons and and the idea of operations is terrifying and all that and I uh-huh. don't like stressful situations because if I can see something stressful, I get more stressed. So I found this episode so fucking stressful. <laughs> That's interesting because the writers did as well. Um, really? They the subject matter having a heart attack. So James yeah. L. Brooks pitched this idea. They were still really understaffed. So the episode was actually like sort of shipped out to some freelance writers, Gary oh, Apple wow. and Michael Carrington. Yeah. Um, but the actual, you know, people, the writing team were really uncomfortable with the idea of a heart attack episode. They thought it was going to be really serious and the subject matter was going to be too hard to do. Yeah. So considering you found that quite stressful, I feel like that would have been a common reaction. Yeah, I found it so stressful. And, like, that scene where um, Burns is, like, laying into Homer and there's a little image of Homer's heart in the mm-hmm. corner and yeah. you can see his heart thumping and then stopping and then thumping and then being like, it's fine. I was, like, losing my mind with stress. Damn. I was like, oh, God, oh, my God, oh, my God, he's about to, oh, God. And yeah. then when it, like, the image of it shattering. Was quite is... amazing. It was a yes. beautiful sequence. They had, like, a, like a whole bunch of different kinds yeah. of hearts. I yeah. think there was, like, a heart from, like, a deck of cards, mm. like, all these kind of imagery of hearts, and then it just turns blue and shatters and he falls yeah. down dead. Yeah, that was incredible. <laughs> Send his uh, his widow a ham. <laughs> Ooh. Mm, ham. ham. Cancel the ham. <laughs> That was a very beautiful cameo by Burns. And then uh, he, obviously he gets carted off to um, 
gets carted off to hospital. And mm-hmm. there we get to see Selma and Patty. Yes. Our queens. Yes, we love them. God, they hate him so much. Oh, <laughs> my God. Five cents off wax paper. <laughs> oh, that made me laugh. They made yeah. me laugh so much. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's that's kind of low key. I wouldn't put that as like one of the most funny parts of this episode. Well, I think it gave me such a sense of relief. Right. Okay. Yep. Because yep. actually, they put in they put in quite a lot of the uh, the side characters into this. They put in Flanders. Yes. They put in um, all of his friends. They yep. you know Selma and Patty and Mister Burns and Smithers and um, like you know everyone, even Reverend yeah. Lovejoy. Maybe to kind of detract from the core meaning of the episode, which is actually yeah. insanely serious and a little bit yeah. of a departure for The Simpsons. Yeah. I think they do that thing where they just bring in characters to that can kind of help just be center points for jokes because they all have different kinds of jokes because they uh, relate differently to Homer. Yeah. So, you know, Selma and Patty are going to be like, we don't give a shit about you. Uh, yeah. Flanders is going to be pious and annoying to Homer. Yeah. Uh, even like Mo and, and Barney, they will. So they all can come in and relieve the tension around the subject matter, right? All these, mm-hmm. yeah, it was nice to see that. And like all these characters kind of doing the thing that they do best in those little moments. Yes. But I still found it so yep, fucking absolutely. stressful. And also, like, I can't imagine the cost of, like, healthcare in America. Like, that when he says yep, $40,000, yep. I'm like, I bet that's actually was an accurate cost at the time. It's probably even more so True. Now. They did actually have a medical consultant on this episode for the all the heart-related stuff, but I'm sure yeah. he probably would have been like, by the way, it would be about $40,000. Just fucked. You just die. Like, yeah, sorry, like no soup for you. Yeah. And of course, the Simpsons have no money yet again. Yet again, $70 in the checking account. Yeah. So, like, so then they have to go and call up Dr. Nick <gasps> Riviera. Oh, God. <laughs> this is the first time we meet Dr. Nick, everybody. Oh, my God. Hi, everybody. Oh, he, he, okay, that also made it stressful as well because they. <laughs> Because he's clearly such the worst doctor, and you even get a bit of a backstory into him. You see him yeah. in, in, you know, in the seventies med school. I can prescribe anything, baby. Oh my god! I That's... mean, did you have you ever heard someone say hi, everybody? Hi, Doctor Nick. Is that yes. happened to you before? Yes, I have. Did you kind of know what it was about, or were you I just... knew it was. I knew that 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 was from. I feel a like that's a more obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, I think, I, I imagine he must appear more often as the yes. seasons go on. Yes, he comes back. He's like this kind of alternative dodgy doctor to, you know, Dr. Hibbert. And I think yeah. what I like about it is that he then also feeds into that, you know, anti-authoritarianism part of The Simpsons. Like yeah. he's there to kind of, you can pin a bunch of, you know, medical kind of bullshit on him. Yeah. Yet he's joyous and everybody loves him and he's really fun. I love yeah. Dr. Nick. I think he's great. It was great having him around and glad that uh, sure. they didn't get any other doctors to do Homer's thing, but it was still very stressful. They were <laughs> going to have Dr. Hibbert do it. Oh, really? Yeah. He would have been too serious and I actually possibly yep. would have had a heart attack watching that episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so I can see why, though. Do they invent 
Dr. Nick for this episode. I think they expand on him. I think he's come up maybe once or twice before in ads yeah. on TV. But yeah. you know, here he is in all his glory. He's got so yeah. many good lines. The coroner, I'm so sick of that guy. Oh, such a nice day. I think I'll go out the window. Oh, my God. The reporter's like, where are the bodies? <laughs> so, and he also does this uh, operation on Homer for $129.95. Which, $129.95. Um, yeah, which, as we were discussing, is about the cost of going to the dentist yep. for a checkup. <laughs> yeah. But you get a lot more bang for your buck. Getting a whole heart operation. And so everyone is kind of convinced that he's going to die. Like, he says goodbye to his family. I will admit that when the scene with Bart and Lisa, uh, again, this was the real pinnacle of the of the writing for this episode. They just really did not know how to do it. Lisa and Bart, like, visiting Homer before the surgery. Like, what do you say if this is the last time? Oh. Um, so they actually, the writers, the freelancers, approached Brooks about it. He made up the entire scene on the spot. Really? Mm-hmm. Because and it was I thought, really sweet. It was brilliant like it it was so clever it was so well done and you have that you use pathos to enhance comedy like comedy 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 it can be fine but you you do need light and shade and sometimes you have that thing about really dark kind of macabre sense of humor and I think maybe I have it a little bit. I think you have a little bit. Anyone that's lost a loved one, I mean, this was like a dad episode. So, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff is pretty significant for us. Yeah. But you either laugh or cry, right? And Pocrenolus does. You can do it both. Yeah. So that's what I really liked about this episode. I actually thought that while everyone was like squidgy about the subject matter, I'm like, why not go deep? Because yeah. then when you're de- in the dark is like where you can really throw in so many jokes. Because yeah. people are looking for attention release. So yeah. you have this little scene with Lisa and Bart and, you know, Lisa, you you smell bad and you're adopted. <laughs> adopted. <laughs> Perfect. But I will admit I got pretty fucking misty. Yep, same. I, same. And, then, and then at the end when he pulls through and you see him and he's in the bed and he looks weak, I was yeah. like, Oh, fuck. Yeah, they changed the animation slightly at the end. So he's a little bit like you can, in his eyes, you can see that he's like so happy, but like his his body looks a little bit failing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, God, because you know what they look like in hospital beds and it's fucking terrifying. And I think for a father figure as well, the fathers are so used to being the strong one in the family. Wow. Well, I'm really glad that neither of us got too freaked out just then. Uh because my I was so busy talking about dads and death <laughs> and the significance of those moments uh that I forgot that my computer has been on 1% and it just died. It died ironic considering <laughs> I was talking about death so much and how your dad looks really sad because you know he used to be the head of the family and strong and he takes that really personally and that sort of thing and then his body fails him and he feels like he's failed his family but of course he never failed his family because no. we don't care about how strong he is we just love him for who he is yes exactly 
And then my computer died before I could say any of that amazing, poignant stuff and make it a real fucking moment. <laughs> Here we were <sighs> complaining about technology, and then technology bit us back. And then, because it had just quit out of, you know, everything straight away, uh, we for a little moment there wasn't sure if we got a, all of Claire's audio. And uh, look... I did, I, for one moment, my heart did not raise its beat at all. It was like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but a part of me was more like, I would really, really like it, oh, technology lord, if we could get Claire's recording. And actually, when you were saying to me, like, so obviously, you know, all the microphones and we're in, the, we're in our chat, we're messaging each other, like, just typing it out. Yeah. <laughs> you gave me my own Homer getting fired heart attack moment. <laughs> So I get this thing come up and I'm like, okay, when you click on it, what happens? Just nothing happens. Okay, now it's saying it's, but the backup has failed. Okay, now it's saying this, <laughs> but it downloaded an MP3. Ah! <laughs> Giant butt. I was like, something has happened correctly. You fucking, oh, how dare you? <laughs> anyway, oh, so <laughs> that's, uh, that's, I guess we're pretty much at the, like, the Homer gets better, right? Yeah, yeah, because we talked about how we saw him in bed and how that was quite emotional and... Really emotional. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but for, like, it's all, tick, like, it's all emotional. That's, again, that's a good thing about The Simpsons. It goes dark, but then it comes back because Mr. Nick turns around and goes, oh, if it's not my friend, Mr. McGreg, with a leg for an arm and an arm for a leg. <laughs> that's right. That was a, I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, it's because that was so emotional. They had to make it funny. <laughs> they had to bring it back at the end. And yeah. his heart does a little Simpsons theme tune beat at the end. Yeah. Yay. Which is funny and terrifying, but funny. I remember this episode a lot. A lot. Really? Yeah. I don't know why it just sort of sticks in my mind for me, the classic quotes in it that we feel not, neither highs nor lows. I've definitely said that. Bed goes up, bed goes down <laughs> is in this. Oh, yes. And look yep. at that blubber fly. Like these are these very, very Simpson-y, Simpson, Simpsons things for me. I uh, So I'd heard of Dr. Nick, but I hadn't heard of any, um, like I never heard any quotes from this episode. I'd never seen it. I'd never even heard of it. Or there's no like moment where I'm like, oh, I recognize that. It was none mm. of that. So. It's completely fresh, yep, without any... I was thinking, yeah, I'd never heard of it before, so... I mean, again, I wouldn't even put it up there as, like, one of my favourite episodes of all time. No. But I'm like, well, this is must be sitting in my mind as one of the episodes I must have seen a lot. Yeah. Um, apparently, one of Matt Browning's favourite lines in the entire Simpsons is in this episode. Really? Uh, it's when Krusty goes... Like, I'm in the zipper club myself, smokes a cigarette in front of Homer, and Homer goes, you seem all right. And he goes, yeah, well, and points at his face, and he goes, this ain't makeup. Yeah! That is one of Matt Groening's favorite lines. <laughs> that was amazing! <laughs> I'm was not like, sure how much canon that is. It's pretty, uh, he's never not in that face. Yeah, never not, never not. And never isn't not. there something about his feet? His feet are... Yes. Yeah, his feet are actually clown shoe shaped. Yeah. 
Yeah, or is that Sideshow Bob? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, something. I think it's either one of those. Yeah, yeah. never remember. But yeah. Oh, we haven't even got to those Sideshow Bob episodes. You oh just fucking God. wait. You I can't wait. Fucking wait. I can't wait. Speaking can't wait. of Claire. Yes. Speaking of, next week's episode. Yes. Drum roll is Marge versus the monorail. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, 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 time for monorail episode. This is it. The only episode that Claire has ever seen is coming up. We get to, you get to rewatch it. Yeah. Finally, the rewatching. The rewatching, a rewatching will happen. The monorail episode. The fucking monorail fucking episode. Yes. We're going to be here for it. Yes, and I'll be able to make all these comparisons to Hobart because Main Street is fucking cracked and broken and people are trying to get a fucking cable car up the mountain. Uh, That's right. I feel like Springfield has got a lot of similarities with Hobart. It does. It does. Yeah. (laughs) The Hobart of America. That's what they call it. (laughs) They do. They do. They do. do, do. Uh, So that's it from us. Yeah, it is it. After that technology fail. I'm going to leave all that in, by the way. I'm going to leave it in. It was great. And I don't know what's happening. Yep. As soon as you said the word technology fail, we fucking froze. (laughs) This this podcast is cursed. This recording is cursed. (laughs) This podcast is cursed. The Frogit is also cursed. What? Well, that was from the other week. I remember that. There's there fr- you the frozen yogurt. Oh, look, I'm yeah, I'm gonna start putting in references and seeing if you get them. <laughs> I feel like you've done that a few other things, and I've just been like, whoop, straight over my head. I know I have, and it hasn't been as fun. Oh. It's not fun. I kind of was like, why am I doing this? She's not gonna get it. Maybe if she ever listens again when she's 80 years old and telling her children or her grandchildren, back in my day. I had a thing called a podcast. Did you, Granny? Oh, my God, Gran. Don't you just know that we just don't have our thoughts, own thoughts anymore? Everything's a podcast now. God. Yeah, we're all owned by Spotify and Google. Ugh. Yeah, oh, my God. We're the MTV generation. We're the <laughs> Spotify generation. We experience highs and lows that you've never experienced before. <laughs> if you like us, tell us about it. Yeah, tell us. us. Socials, Springfield stuff. Uh, Leave a little uh, review for us on the charts because that actually does help our SEO. I think, yep, cool. That's what other podcast people say. So I see it must also apply for us. (laughs) Okay, good. It does. Or Bokla for me everywhere, Twitter, Instagram. I'm at Claire Cool Cat. Claire's with a C, Cool Cat's with a K, K. Come. Find us. We're around. Come find us and say hi. All right. (laughs) I love you. I love you.